You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This episode was recorded on September 1st, 2021. Hello and welcome to another episode of TF Cast. Today, our guest, Jenny Colstead, director of Southern Minnesota Pride, executive director, I'm sorry, um, is here to tell us a little bit about her role and who she is and how that organization works. Would you uh, tell us about yourself a little bit before we get started? Sure. Um, I, like you said, I'm the executive director of South Central Minnesota Pride. Um, My day job is I'm a therapist, so I provide um, mental health services over at Open Door Health Center. Um, And so a little known fact is that executive director of Pride is all volunteer. So I spend my volunteer time, being an executive director. Um, I have two children. Uh, I have a 21, almost 21 next week, 21-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old son. Um, And I'm married to my lovely wife, Amanda. Oh, well, any... uh, (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) Any uh, anxiety about that 21-year-old coming up? Um, you know, not really. <laughs> I think, I think we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, how, how did you end up into the, uh, how'd you find yourself in this role? Have you always been working as an organizer? You know, um, I, I can't say that I've always been working as an organizer, but I've always, um, have had an interest in social justice. And so, um, back in my younger days, um, you know, it's, it was more of a, um, you know, just working one-on-one with people, um, maybe just advocating for people, that sort of thing. Um, but as far as kind of getting into more of the community organizing piece, so I'm, I'm a clinical social worker, so I didn't go back to school for social work until I was in my 30s. And so that's when really some of the pieces started coming together for me as far as, wow, we can really systematically um, put these things together and create change. Um, It was also in that time when I started getting involved in organizations. So that's when I did get involved um, with the Pride organization. And I've been involved for over 10 years. Wow. What what are some of those changes that you have seen that have been able to come through the organization? Um, Well, so I think one of the biggest changes, so I actually met my wife at a Pride Fest 15 years ago. It was actually literally just 15 years ago, uh, like a week ago. So um, that was kind of exciting. I posted on my Facebook. It was so cool. Um, But um, when I met her, it was a very teeny tiny festival over in Sibley Park. I don't know if you guys were in Mankato around that time, but 15 years ago, it was very tiny. We had an itty-bitty stage. We had maybe like 10, 15 exhibitors. Um, We had, you know, like a couple of like food options. Some of it was just like your typical bake sale type of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, And so, you know, it was very grassroots, you know. how, and, how many people were, would have been oh there gosh, for that kind of thing? Oh, gosh, probably like 200 at oh, okay. most, at most, yeah. <laughs> and so that was my first Pride Fest was when I met her. Um, and so then I was involved pretty much every year since. A couple years I, I took off, but um, every year since I've had some kind of involvement. Now, I mean, people 
you know, can see that our festival is huge now. You know, we take up Riverfront Park. We've yeah. had estimates of two to 3,000 in crowd size. Wow. We didn't have a parade before. We've got this awesome parade down Riverfront Drive. So as far as the Pride Fest goes, it's, it's really changed and grown. Mm-hmm. And that's still all local here. Like, I mean, Pride is, Pride is uh, like a, it's not, it's always organized by the groups in the areas, right? It's not like there's, I know there's corporate interest in it, but it's still a Mankato thing. Correct. Yes. We are all local here to the Mankato area, the people who are organizing uh, Mm -hmm. this festival. And we, it's interesting you say the corporate involvement, we do get sponsorships from local businesses, but we don't ever accept any big, huge corporate money. You mm-hmm. know, we're not like, let's put the Bush light sign mm-hmm. up or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, that's one that's of good. the real kind of like common, I don't know, criticisms you hear from within that community is people say, Oh, it's gotten too corporate or whatever. So it's really awesome to hear that that's not the case in Mankato. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about this year. It was different. I mean, we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to all that many Pride Fests in Mankato, but this one was, uh, I mean, way different. Yeah, um, yeah, it was way different. <laughs> so we were supposed to, back in March, have a gala. So I don't know if this came on your radar at all, but it was going to be our... Is that like a gala? Yes. Like, okay, I get it. That's and it fun. was going to be <laughs> awesome. We're still going to have it because, you know, we, we offered refunds to people saying, hey, you know, we realize that we have no idea when we're going to have this thing, but we're still going to have it. And only like five people requested their refund. So mm. I'm like, sweet, people want this event. Um, so we were going to have that in March and it was literally the week of, and we had to cancel mm. because of <sighs> everything that happened with the coronavirus. And so, you know, we're thinking, oh, we'll give it a couple of months. And so we pushed it off till July. We within like three days rescheduled everything the caterers the drag Mm. performers the sound the just everything and then of course that didn't happen either (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um we knew very quickly at that time that um, we were not going to be able to have Pride Fest in its normal capacity. We were watching Pride after Pride after Pride having to cancel their events. A lot of them went to virtual. There was like a, a world virtual Pride this year. Um, mm-hmm. I know Twin Cities Pride has done some virtual things. They're actually going to be doing their um, online parade coming up soon. So they even postponed it until now so that's going to be coming but um we thought of all kinds of ways of like how can we still have something because it's just so important to our community there aren't very many opportunities here in Mankato for LGBT people and allies to gather and so you know we were like what can we do that's like COVID safe really nothing you know you have Mm -hmm. to have like all this covid preparedness plan and it just was not coming together so we went with the march and rally route because you know freedom of speech we get to do that regardless if we have a permit or not Mm -hmm. and so you know we went we went that route um and I think, you know, part of it was the COVID piece, but also part of it is um, look at where we're at, where we're at socially, politically right now. We needed to um, take a stand and say that we're here for our black and brown community members. We're here for our trans members, because oftentimes those are the folks that 
are discluded, you know, they're, they're, they don't feel like they're a part of pride. And so, um, I'm very hopeful that with the event that we did, we were able to highlight those voices and hopefully start the conversation of how do we change this? Because we want you to be a part of pride. Mm. In, in the, um, festival, uh, the speaking part of this year's, I heard mentioned that, um, some of the foundations of pride came from those movements. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, sure. So, um, Stonewall Inn. What year? I it's blanking on me now. It was just fifty years. So what does that make it? That would be uh, sixty nine. Sixty nine. Why can't I do math right now? That's okay. You Isn't, know. I can. can it's right around there. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, Stonewall Inn. That was um, the start of pride as a movement. Essentially, I mean, we've had all sorts of. LGBT um, appearances, different movements. You know, you might have heard me talk about drag and how that was even, you know, in the 1800s, uh, you know, a thing that was going on. Um, but as far as kind of like a political and social movement, Stonewall Inn was really that start. And why that happened was because of police brutality. And so it's a very interesting to see where we're at and I know that it's not necessarily interesting for some folks because they're like yes this is always how it is it's always been this I think for the LGBT community um, yes we know that there is police brutality I think having this kind of really put in our face as far as like the videos I mean they were very graphic Mm -hmm. and I think that has really kind of called to light this need to band together and help our folks in our community. So anyway, Stonewall Inn, police raided, raided the bar. It was a known bar for LGBT people to go to. Um, it was basically Ill- illegal to be lesbian, gay, trans, I mean, transgender. Like you mm. were, I mean, you were murdered. Um, and so police went in, tried to break up this bar. And finally people were just like, enough. We're, we're not, we're not taking this anymore. Like you have raided us one too many times. Mm-hmm. The, the date on that is, uh, 1969, June 28th. Thank you. And yeah. I, that speaks to, you know, June pride month, right? That's mm-hmm. when most of the pride festivities take place because, you know, that's when the, the riots took place. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in Mankato, we, we aren't in June. We usually try to do some kind of small event in June. Um, we've done the art show at the 410 Project before. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to do a few small things. But the, the reality is, is most people want to go to the Big Pride. And mm. so we don't want to compete with that. We want um, we want people to be able to go to the Big Pride because it's fun. In, in Minneapolis. Yeah, about. in Minneapolis. Because yeah. um, it's fun. It's exciting yeah. to be there. Um, and also, we've got a lot of um, campus folk that want to participate in Mankato Pride. And they're not here mm. in June. You know, so we go right away in September and it's a very common thing for smaller prides. Um, Rochester is in September. St. Cloud is in September. Duluth is Labor Day weekend. So a lot of the smaller prides go to that September month. Hmm. Interesting. That's a pretty good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, A little bit more of a meta question maybe about pride or more personal too. But um, can you 
explain what pride means to you and then also maybe to a lot of the people who attend it, um, just sort of the sentiment behind that and why they show up? Sure. I think, um, so it's interesting as how it started off as a riot, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the next following year was when there was the first pride parade and when i say parade i mean more like march Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i don't know like the total history of how did we get to you know like here's now an actual parade and here's the food vendors and here's the bounce house and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing but i think um over time people did come to see this as more of a celebration of who we are um being able to be with others in a community. I mean, it's pretty freaking cool to go somewhere with thousands of people and know that a lot of them are also LGBT mm. or at least supportive, you know, and that feels really awesome to be in that environment. You don't get that really anywhere else. Mm. Yeah. I, I can imagine that there's like a in, a, in a parade like that, you would feel like nearly completely safe surrounded that way. Um, which for some people I can imagine is not the case. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you bring up this good question about safety, though. Um, While there are thousands of people that feel like they can go and attend these events, there are thousands more that feel very afraid and that they would not ever attend an event like this because maybe their picture gets posted somewhere. And Mm. now they're outed to family or their boss or, you know, the neighbor that has like the homophobic sign up or something. And so um, I kind of really like this, you know, damn COVID, but this turn to some of this like electronic engagement, because maybe more people will be able to find a safe way to be involved in Pride events Mm. um, because people are afraid still. Maybe even the ability to wear a mask, too. Yeah, right. (laughs) In in reference to that, how has the uh, attitude towards Pride in Mankato shifted over the 19 years that it's been here? Um, It was overwhelmingly positive this entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't imagine that it's been the same throughout. You know, I wish that I had that history as a part of me. I don't because I was not part of the inception of it. What I can say is um, we, we every year we get a handful of people that feel like they got to email us and tell us how horrible we are and how sinful we are mm. and we should just take our pride and shove it and those sorts of things. Mm. Um, a couple years we did have like the... I don't even know where they're from, but there's some religious groups that got like the, you know, like faggots will die sign and, Mm. you know, like God hates fags. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We had that a couple years. Um, But interestingly, we had a great strategy for just keeping people awake. They had cameras on them. They wanted to see Mm. us get riled up, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we just kept people away. We're like, just don't even go talk to them because Mm. they will leave if they don't get what they want. And sure enough, they did, you know? And so um, I think we've been able to deal with those sorts of incidents pretty good. Um, But it does kind of shake you a little bit like, wow. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. be in this kind of like safe bubble of Pride Fest, but then that sign walks up and you're like, ooh, yeah, this isn't like how the whole world views yeah. us. It's rude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is rude. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> yeah. So um, the the gala you were mentioning before, oh, yeah. tell, 
what what was that going to look like and um what's the vision for the it when it's able to oh come gosh. to fruition it is gonna be so awesome so um we were working with dan dinsmore using to use the capital room mm. so if you've you've seen this place right it's beautiful it um is. and so this was um kind of a little bit more of an upscale like fancy we, we said um how did we say it we worded it like dress in your like chic attire your like fancy chic we don't know what that means it just means come as you are mm-hmm. and if you want to dress up crazy like this is your opportunity if you want to mm-hmm. wear a ball gown that's your opportunity if you're like i feel comfortable in my jeans and my sneaks like great we're okay with that um but we were gonna have well we are gonna have not were we are gonna have um like heavy hors d'oeuvres heavy apps um you know, there's there's a bar, obviously, cash bar, but there's a bar. Um, and then a fabulous drag show. So we have all Ooh. this drag lined up from the cities to come. And so it's it's going to be, like, amazing. Sounds like a real party. It will be I, a real party. I hope we get an invite for that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, I grew up going to pride up in the cities a little bit. My family was, um, thought that was important to be a part of, uh, I have a couple of family members who are homosexual. And, um, so it's been interesting coming here too, and then seeing how Mankato does it, uh, both a little bit differently. And then a lot of the similarities too, and, um, the energy and the colors of all these festivals, uh, it's just, it's just really great to see. And like you said, providing a, a place where people can look around and, and see people who like them um, right. and appreciate their existence rather than, I'm sure, in other cases where it's a little bit more uh, frightening to be you. Exactly. So. Yeah. Because I think like, you know, another interesting piece when we think about um, like Black Lives Matter. Okay. So you can very clearly see that someone is black, brown, right? Like that's something Mm -hmm. you can see. Mm -hmm. For me, I am a white cisgender woman. I happen to be in a relationship and married to my wife. Nobody knows that unless I tell them. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's interesting that like there can still be so much privilege in the LGBT community, depending Mm. on what your other intersections are. And so I was thrilled with the rally that we had because I think it showed a light on, look, there's a lot of diversity within the LGBTQ community and we need to celebrate this. And we also need to support our folks Mm. in the community because not everyone can hide behind some identity, right? Like, unless I tell you, you may not know that I'm queer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm, I'm not sure of the statistics on any of this either, but I've heard a lot about how um, folks, uh, black and brown folks of the LGBTQ community experience much more extreme, uh, I guess, violence and yeah. um, persecution for their absolutely existence yeah um if you were there for the part where we read off the the names of the transgender folks that have um died of violence this year yeah um i can't i can't remember the number but it was like the high majority was like 90 percent of them were black or brown and so like yeah that's Mm. totally unacceptable yeah that was a a hard hard one to listen through yeah Mm -hmm. it's important to be talked about certainly yeah because I don't think people realize that, you know, like we're, we're obviously seeing a lot of 
here's here's another act of violence, you know, against a black and brown person. And then you throw yeah. in, okay, so here's also someone who is transgender and black or brown. And it's just like, it's so insane to me that the number is so high of those um, murdered. It's it's hard to keep up. Like, you know, I, I feel like I spend a lot of time trying to follow incidences specifically of police violence. And I often feel like my head is spinning trying to keep track of how frequently they happen and when they happen. Mm-hmm. I, like it, it's just, it's really, it's, it's wild. And it's only a small percentage of them that end up, you know, being favorable in the eyes of the media, but right, right. Um, that, that shouldn't, the media shouldn't be the, the, the judge of that. I mean, that ideally it would be the justice system. But yeah, absolutely. It's not the case. Yeah. And I also think about, you know, so our trans folks, you know, there's a lot, um, there's a lot that goes into, being transgender you know you think about just all of the gender norms you think about changing your name you know maybe changing your gender markers how are people like police or like hospitals or or, um, emergency staff you know like ems how are they going to react to maybe they've got to cut your pants because you were in a car accident right and your gender doesn't seem to match with what is biologically going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has caused lots of people to essentially die at mm. not getting proper care because people freak out. Whoa, what's mm. going on here? Yeah, I mean, you would, you would expect in the, the medical field, and I know it's not the case, but that they should be trained to act compassionately in those situations. But, I mean, I, it's, it's hard to know anything about that um, unless you try. Um, I... I didn't know anything about trans issues until a couple of years ago when I made a concerted effort to look into it and learn some things. Yeah. But I, I found that I was just carrying with me a lot of not what I believe to be hateful, but just incorrect presuppositions. You know, yeah. you just like you only know what you're told. Oh, absolutely. And then you find out that the information has changed and science has moved forward through the way that those things works. But there's not any system by which, you know, we inform the public of those things except by shouting at each other it often seems absolutely and it's very interesting so i um i provide therapy to quite a few people who identify as trans some of them are are teenagers and they're they're so lost in school you know it's like where is the sex education, you know, for people who identify as trans? So I'm like, you want to know something about sex? Like, you just ask me. I may not have the answer, but I'll help you figure it out. Because I'm like, if your body parts don't match up with who you think you are, and then you have questions about sex, like, where where do you go? You Mm. know, I don't want them going to some, like, messed up website that gives them incorrect info. I'd rather help them find, you know, good, correct info. Mm Mm-hmm. And even, even recently you can see things that, that change. like from the, I, when I, when I first started even, um, caring to learn more information about it, the, the graphics that they've used like that, uh, that gender bred person oh, yeah. has changed a lot. And I believe even started to fall out of favor in some ways, like the way that it's been used. And I, I couldn't speak on that at all, but it's just interesting to watch. And that's one of the other things that I think that's important about allyship in general is you know, being willing to continually learn instead of just being like, oh, I'm here. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, spoke about that at the rally on what it is to be an ally. Like, 
you gotta, you gotta first get the info, you know, like you gotta research, you gotta, you gotta figure, you gotta start figuring some of this stuff out and then you gotta stand up. You got to speak up. You got to, you know, you can wave your, I guess, trans flag if you want. But like, what else? You know, are you calling out injustice? Are you calling out when somebody does like a microaggression? You know, like, Mm. it's not fun to do that. It's, you know, kind of sucks having to have conflict with people. But it's so important. We have to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. And it also, it, it, I don't know, it sucks to like know how people will respond to like, am I going to have to go down this with this individual mm-hmm. another time? And then how institutions might react to, to that too. Like, cause the problem is that there's a problem often, you yep. know? And yep. I, I've seen that a lot in the service industry where if there isn't a specific victim, there isn't a crime. Yep. And, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't actually, I can't even imagine the answer to that problem, you know, know. even from a management perspective. Um, are there are there any resources that you know of in the community for people who are like looking to learn beyond just educating themselves on the internet? You know, I would love to say that we've got all sorts of resources. So this is my goal. My goal is to actually get some kind of like community pride center where people can come and get resources where we can maybe, you know, create some kind of public education programming. We are an all-volunteer nonprofit. The only other um, major resource is the LGBT Center, which, again, is directed towards the students. I'm sure if you called them up, they'd be happy to try and answer some questions or guide you. But um, we, we do have a serious need for where to get those resources. So um, we are actively working on building up um, our resources on our website. But I think until we get, like full-time staff and someone to run like a center we're kind of all in the same boat of trying to research is that type of um, organization or is that common in larger cities yeah there are definitely um, lgbt community centers in other cities they don't even necessarily have to be large i've been to some small cities where i've been like whoa look at that like that's cool (laughs) so um i think it's like totally doable It's just obviously finances, you know, getting the whole structure together, all that kind of stuff. So, but I think, I think our community is to a point where um, they'd be willing to support something like this. And especially when we think about um, all of our youth. So at the end of the rally, remember when Kenneth Reed called up like all of the youth, Mm -hmm. all of the people that were in school, which I know some were college, but still that's all of our youth. Like, holy cow, it's like 90% of the people that are here right now, you know? And so we, we need those resources for them because they're not, they're not really getting it anywhere else. I'm convinced Gen Z is going to save us all. I'm, I've, <laughs> I am so inspired. I hope so. I hope <laughs> like, so. <laughs> oh, God, I love them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, Gen Z, tears. <laughs> love them. <laughs> So, yeah, I think um, that would be, you know, a good step for us. We're, we're also really trying to um, expand um, some of our capabilities. So um, we've, we've developed like some new structure to the Pride organization so that we can try to meet some of the community need a little better um, mm-hmm. by providing um, some community education and, you know, different events and that sort of thing. So... How many organizers are, are working with you? Oh, gosh. 
I haven't counted recently. It's like we're accumulating. It's like the snowball effect, which I love. Um, somewhere in the midst of like 15 to 20, we'll go 18. We'll just say 18. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, and you mentioned some resources on the website and hopefully more coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Can you... Uh, name drop the site URL drop it oh sure um, scmnpride.org all yeah. right yeah we'll, we'll direct people there and you've well we can do plugs shortly and wrap it up um, are the, do you have any other further I questions I don't have any specific questions actually um, yeah no I'm okay. now that you asked me I'm stumped <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else um, you'd like to make sure people especially people here in Mankato know about um, either your work or what's going on with th those communities. Um, how, how can people support you and the work that you're doing either with the pride organization or just support, um, LGBTQ folks in their circles? Yeah, I, um, definitely, you know, financial contributions are totally accepted and we love them because mm -hmm. we are, we're a small nonprofit. We don't have like any revenue sources, like our revenue mm -hmm. sources are the community. And so, um, so that's always helpful. Um, we are always looking for people that are willing to do things, you know, like we have a very active committee of people that are meeting very regularly and trying to plan things and trying to figure out how can we best support our community. So you're welcome to join um, the pride committee. We, we've got plenty of room. I think, you know, as far as like community, you know, it's tough. We got to just do the, the allyship, you know, be those warriors, be willing to, if you hear something homophobic, call it out. If, you know, you notice that you have like an LGBT friend that's like not doing so hot, check in on them. Um, you know, we do have plenty of mental health resources. As mm. I mentioned, I am a therapist. I've got plenty of other therapists at Open Door that can work with folks. You know, we want people to be safe. Um, I believe um, you probably heard Beth Burroughs kind of talk about suicide rate, right? Like we want you to be safe. Mm -hmm. We want to get you connected. So um, I think, you know, just keep an eye on us. We're, you know, we're, some of us are hanging in pretty good, but some are not. Some, some need a little extra love. So just check in and be ready to be helpful. Absolutely. All right. Um, and can you do social plugs? I know you got an Instagram, I think, for the Pride. Yeah. Uh, is it like I need to tell you what the at I is? Because I don't know what we it can, is. We can tag it, certainly. <laughs> I have people that do that. <laughs> so search search uh, Mankato Pride. Yes. Something like that. Yes. We've got uh, a Facebook. We've got an Insta. We've got a Twitter. We don't put anything on there. So you can look at it, but there isn't really anything there. Blow up their Twitter. <laughs> with good vibes only, of Yes, course. definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, it's been, been good chatting with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes for this and every episode at triplefalls.org.